Welcome, everyone. My name is Joshua, and it's been a whole small time, it feels, since I broadcast last, and a lot of that has to do with having the opportunity to film a documentary and then hurting myself, which is interesting to hurt yourself at 43 years old. It does not happen uh, the way it did when we were kids, riding your bike off of a cliff into a ditch, going frog gigging at three o'clock in the morning, accidentally shooting yourself, you know, those kind of mistakes that happen when you're younger. But, you know, me, I just try to go to bed through a rib out of place and haven't been able to walk, much less breathe in four days. I had to go to the emergency room, or not the emergency room, what do you call it? The urgent care, which acts like an emergency room, I think. And it's much faster than the emergency room. I don't know. I kind of like urgent care. <laughs> it seems to be better than any other option. That said, I found it interesting that the hospital was empty. I didn't, it's so funny about conspiracy theory. And oh, by the way, today, this is podcast only because I'm going to cover a really brutal subject because I'm going to read a letter from a prisoner that, oh my God. Is hard to read, but I need to read it. But I want to. Do you ever feel like we're in the middle of a psyop? And of course, a lot of you who listen to me know what a psyop is. You've heard me talk about psyops. And of course, at the same time, had thought I thought about this yesterday. So I was sitting there, wondering what the heck was going on with me, trying to get back to life. But I had a lot of time to think, and I thought, well. What if all the people talking about the PSYOP are the PSYOP? Like me, what if I'm part of the PSYOP? I am not on purpose, but it feels like with all of these news articles and headlines that we see and disinformation, getting to the root of the truth and the actual real source of information has gotten very challenging. And I've really been thankful to back off of most of the investigative conspiracy crap that I was doing is I got to tell you, like all this stuff about the fourth industrial revolution, which believe me, I believe with all my heart is coming and everything that we've done for the last two and a half, three years has been to prepare for the fourth industrial revolution. So I do believe all these technology changes are not only are happening, but they're happening now. And a lot of them are here and it's going to get even crazier. But that said, the fear part, the fear part, the things that are even remotely scary, is that just the PSYOP too? I don't even know. But I got to tell you that I've become less interested in getting involved in that conversation than I've ever been before. And so my broadcast, from the most part moving forward, are going to be really just about things that I feel that matter. Also want to tell you the video broadcasts that I'm doing are now behind a paywall. Uh, I would appreciate if you subscribe because all that money goes to the Live Mono Worldwide Foundation, our nonprofit media company and uh, our mission there. So anyway, thank you for being here. I don't want to waste a lot of time. I don't have a lot of energy today, but it's been a, over a week since I've done a broadcast and I just feel lonely now. Just kidding. I'm very thankful for my wife taking care of me because this has been miserable. 
But I love broadcasting. I love every aspect of what I get to do with media company in a box and just launched the new menu yesterday. Really excited about add the new pieces to media company in a box or my own version of it anyway. And that's the cool thing about media company in a box is it's not a one size fits all thing. It actually is customized to one, a person or an organization's intellectual property. And it allows them to do, I like to say anything that they can dream of, because when you media, all that becomes possible. And of course, obviously the more money you have to put into it, the more gas you have, so to speak, but you can do it with little money, no money. I've been an example of that for the last three years and my dreams are coming true. So super grateful for what this, my platform is allowing me to do <laughs> anyway. All right. So those of you who listen to me normally, or you're, you're regular listeners, I do a series of broadcasts focused on civil justice, civil rights, civil commitment, just humanity issues. And I've gotten close to several of the inmates that are locked up in these shadow prisons, which are known as civil commitment facilities, where they lock up sex offenders. Of course, some of these people that are locked up have not been actually charged for a crime. Some already served sentences and were free and then were scooped up and thrown back in jail, but in a shadow prison this time. So I'm going to read a letter that came from an inmate. And this one, I already know. I didn't read it beforehand, but I know what it's about. And that's why I didn't read it because I didn't already know the words that were in this letter because I want my reaction to be as genuine and authentic as it can be. I actually want it to be the same as I hope yours is. Shocked. Because like I said, there's one piece of this that I know about already that has me very sad. And I've been regretting this letter for a long time since I was told that I was going to be sent this letter. And my whole mission in life is to help people find hope in dark, in the dark, in the darkest parts of their shadow hell. I want to be the light. I want to show them how to get out of their own hell. I used to live in hell. Of course, I also brought hell on a lot of people too. And it's really strange because I, being the guy that was molested by men and women and dealt with my own types of abuse, I have every reason to judge and hate some of these sex offenders. But the truth is that a majority of sex offenders were not sexually abused as children. I don't know what that had to do with anything. I just learned that fact yesterday because it would be easier to assume that sex offenders were violated themselves as kids. And that's not actually the case, 20%. But that said, I have every right, I think, to be angry or mad and label anyone that's ever hurt anyone a monster. But I know it doesn't work that way. I know that I also know that people can change. I know that people can turn their life around. I know that people can have a heart change. I know that people can heal from mental illness. I know people can grow. And I know also that people make a lot of stupid mistakes when they're effed up on drugs and alcohol and other things. So there's a lot of things that can all be true here with the people that are locked up in the shadow prisons. Nonetheless, 
I care about them. I care about everyone, really. Even people that hate my guts, I care about. And sometimes I wish I didn't. And it's very hard for me to ignore the injustices that are happening in these shadow prisons. It's really hard for me to ignore because it's not just sex offenders that are being affected. It's family members. It's little kids. It's, it's people that, you know, that are just disabled in other ways that it's affecting. Like this, this system of civil commitment is not helping anything. And there's millions of studies and there's all kinds of information out there and professionals that are speaking out against civil commitment, but yet it's ignored. And the only reason I can think that it's just ignored the way that it is, is because there's a lot of money involved in this process. These prisoners, each one that's locked up is, a, is guaranteeing a lot of money for a certain group of people. Can that be the only reason this happens? I don't know. I don't know, but there's a lot of really ugly things around this. But with that said, I'm going to read this letter word for word. I'm not going to add anything to it. I'm just going to read it. And this guy, his name's Michael Chubb. He's in Lard or Laird, Kansas. However you say that. He's locked up in a civil commitment facility there. And the last phone call I had with him ripped my heart out. And it bothers me because hearing someone have no hope and say my hope went away a long time ago, it really hurts my heart. Because I know how to operate on a little bit of hope. And I know how hard that is. I can't imagine what it's like to have no hope because then at that, pl at that place, all bets are off. And it's a scary place to be. I'm praying for you, Michael, and I know you probably will never hear this, but I'm praying for you. And I hope that anyone who hears this letter will begin to pray for you and everyone else that has been dealing with an ugly injustice. All right, here we go. This was written Monday, January 9th, 2023. This is written to an elected official at the State House in Topeka, Kansas. Dear elected official, I'm sending you this letter to ask for changes to the Kansas Sexually Violent Predator Act that allows for persons civilly committed under the act to request to be put to death. I was sentenced to prison for 64 months, five years, three months. And even though I successfully completed the sex offender treatment program in prison, I've been in sexually predator treatment program at Lorne State Hospital for 147 months. That's 12 years and three months. I thought it would be a cakewalk to complete my program when I got here, but I realized that prison was my treatment and SPTP is my punishment. SPTP therapists never encourage residents to work the program by setting program goals or helping residents with specific treatment needs because they know they can't provide therapy in this kind of toxic and hostile environment. They hand us a booklet that's supposed to be our treatment and tell us to do a relapse plan to move forward. Even though this administration claims to encourage family relationships, they do everything they can to destroy family bonds. There is no real hope of release. And the only way I can qualify this 
is to accept the fact that I will die here. During my time in SPTP, this administration has thrown up every roadblock possible for release. I completed my relapse plan four times, and every time I turned it into, it got lost. Every time he turned it in, it got lost. I had to rewrite it three times now, and the last time I worked on it for nearly two years before it was deleted off the Lord State Hospital's resident server for being password protected. When I was breaking out in hives due to medical condition, I failed a maintenance polygraph and was punished for it. I was denied privileged advancement and kept seeing the progress review panel for another year. When it became punitive, I decided to quit the program. This administration has destroyed me emotionally and psychologically with constant abuse. I'm allowed to purchase property, but oftentimes it's later seized and forfeited as contraband. The policy does not explicitly define my property as contraband. We are never given due process. This administration arbitrarily censors our music, books, and magazines for the words child, boy, or girl, takes postage stamps that have the picture of a baby Jesus on it, rips out a picture of little Debbie on snack cake boxes, and rips out cartoon characters of the Teletubbies and SpongeBob SquarePants for magazines. The types, the things that they do to us is demoralizing and dehumanizing. Chief Operations Officer Haley Turner Bennett went as far as taking away our religious rights and we are no longer allowed to celebrate Christmas on the units with the tree and decorations. In 2012, I was woken up at 3 a.m. and force injected with a tranquilizer, oh my God, for the purposes of helping me calm down. When I woke up, all my property was gone. In 2014, Haley Turner Bennett took my childhood photo album that my mom sent me before she died. It had all of my school report cards, lock of hair from my first haircut, pictures of my siblings, pictures of me growing up, and portraits of people in my life that I drew. I was never told why I couldn't have these things except what the treatment program couldn't verify that I was the person in the pictures. We are deprived decent medical care and one resident recently died on January 3rd from neglect. We, the residents of Isaac Ray South One repeatedly went to the administration asking that they move him to the infirmary where he could get the care he needed. But we were shot down each time. Mr. Briggs finally died after a week of being confined to his room and crying out for help. Most of the residents here in SPTP are overweight and on some kind of vitamin supplement due to lack of diet and exercise. Many are on a vitamin D supplements due to the fact that they can't get outside in the sunlight for any reasonable amount of time. The SPTP residents who are not on some sort of security risks are allowed 45 minutes a day. That's less time than a Department of Corrections inmate gets if he was in administration disciplinary segregation. I have no desire for life anymore, and I do not want to live here in SPTP. 
It is apparent there is no release for me and I want to end my life. I cannot mentally or emotionally handle the toxic environment and abuse anymore. And even though my therapist has a duty to report abuse, she won't acknowledge, she won't officially acknowledge it out of the fear of losing her job. She wants us to normalize it. There are many other examples of the abuse we suffer here every day. I do not see anyone willing to help us, so I'm asking to be put to death. I'm asking that you please amend the sexually violent predator statute to allow me the right to choose to be put to death. There are other residents here at SPTP who feel the same way that I do, and I'm sure it will be a relief to taxpayers who are paying upwards of 90000 a year for warehousing me. If you have any questions regarding this issue, please feel to contact me at the address and phone number provided above. Respectfully, Michael Chubb. That address is 1301 Kansas 264 Highway, Larn, Kansas, which is L-A-R-N-E-D, Kansas, 675-50-5353. The phone number, 620-285-4777, extension 7. End of letter. Now that every conversation that I've had with him makes perfect sense. I don't know how to make other people care about this. I'm not a sex offender. I but I care. I've been offended, violated. I can forgive. I can look at the bigger picture here. I can recognize that these facilities are nothing but torture facilities. And some people, again, are being tortured and never been charged for anything. Michael served his time and yet was still thrown in a facility. I'm asking someone to do something. Someone with the power, the authority to bring attention to this even sharing this broadcast. Help someone care. I want to give hope to the hopeless because I know that anyone can change. I know that anyone can heal. I don't know if Michael even cares at this point, but I care about him. And I care about the other men that are locked up there. And I care about their families because I get to meet with them too. And I know how much they care. Something's got to be done about this. It's got to end now.